Welcome to Rumination, the podcast that talks about industry-related topics in ruminant and dairy cow nutrition and animal behavior. Today, uh, we're meeting with Dr. Trevor DeVries from the University of Guelph, and I'm Chris Gwynn, your host. Trevor is the Canada Research Chair in Dairy Cattle Behavior and Welfare and has published over 160 peer-reviewed papers. And uh, we're excited to have him here today to talk to us and to learn more about what we can learn from automatic milking systems, robotic systems, in relation to detecting disease and uh, telling us more about animal behavior. Trevor, thanks for your time today. Well, thank you for having me. Trevor, you've been studying dairy cows for over 13 years. Um, how did you develop interest in cows and rumens in, in general? Uh, well, I guess I always had an interest in cows and, and dairy cows specifically, family history and dairy farming. Uh, and then when I was going to university to study agriculture, I was given the opportunity to study cow behavior. And uh, that really, uh, I guess, started off focusing specifically on eating behavior. And that still remains a huge part of my research focus. Uh, but uh, has expanded from that, looking at uh, just in general how management influences behavioral patterns uh, in response to not only nutrition, but also housing management, milking management as well. Yeah, which kind of brings us to the topic today of looking at uh, how behavior impacts profitability, performance in AMS systems. And and I got to ask, so when you first started looking at robotics and look, thinking about cow behavior, you must have had a hypothesis of what might be going to be occurring and wondering how that hypothesis that you had originally has differed from today. Yeah, I guess um, we've really, I guess, focused a lot of effort over the last uh, five to 10 years on that front. And uh, one of the keys that we know to success in robotic milking is voluntarily uh, voluntary milking and we know that that voluntary nature is really dictated by cow behavior and, and it really relates to our complete behavioral repertoire. And so we were really initially interested in trying to solve issues, focusing on housing management nutrition factors that would influence yeah, the behavioral repertoire of the cow translating into how that influences that kind of voluntary milking uh, aspect of, of using robotic milking. And, and one of the things that we've realized is that um, the, the behavior uh, of the cow in response to really work in parallel. And, and so all these factors interact with each other, not just in robotic milkings, but all, all systems actually uh, overall, but even more so in robotic milking dairies. And, and so the, the research in, in robotic or automated milking becomes more complicated as it becomes very situational specific. And so some of our research then has focused on now on trying to disentangle some of those interactions so that we can provide general as well as meaningful recommendations to the industry as a whole. I think one of the areas that you've spent a lot of time authoring and co-authoring papers is how we can use AMS systems to predict cow health, for example. Could you expand a bit more on what you've seen in that area? Yeah, and, and one of those, as you just mentioned, one of the things that we know is that not only the behavior interacts with housing and management to, to influence milking success, but we also know that cow behavior, for example, changes with health status. 
And so that can then have a further influence on milking behavior as well as other behaviors of those cows. And so in addition to um, tracking milking behavior in response to health, we've also been tying that to other behaviors as well. And, and, and partly because in a lot of robotic automated milking systems, we have other behavioral monitors uh, working in tandem with those systems. So tracking things like cow activity and, and uh, eating behavior, rumination behavior. And, and so we've been using data from both the robotic milking system itself, but also these other behavioral monitoring devices to say, predict and identify issues with cow health. You know, point well well taken. So as I kind of focused talking about AMS, but it's really broader than that to looking at the, the different transponders that are people using and the information they're getting to predict disease outcomes or performance outcomes. So in particular with disease and lactation, which is, you know, if there's something going to happen, it's going to happen to the lactation cow. How has that worked in, in looking at the research that you've done and able to, to use those different technologies? potential diseases about to occur. Yeah, and so we've published a number of studies in this area and and specifically as kind of you're just mentioning one of the, one of our key interests was trying to use the information that we gather from these systems and say associated behavioral monitoring systems we may have to say early identify cows with postpartum health issues. And, and, and using their production numbers, their milking behavior, activity levels, rumination, those kind of things. And, and for many disorders, uh, we've been able to show that we can pick up cows, say that we're going to be diagnosed with a disorder anywhere from, say, a few days to a week earlier than their actual kind of producer diagnosis day. Uh, primarily actually using rumination and milk yield changes within the cow. And so... Um, and, and that actually even gets strengthened when we not only look at the kind of within cow deviation, but also how she may deviate from her herd mates who are kind of at a similar stage of lactation, but not experiencing obviously any health issue. And so in those cases, we can sometimes pick up those animals even earlier. And so what is being done now with that is to then apply, say, more advanced kind of modeling techniques we have all these different types of artificial intelligence type uh, mathematical modeling like um, machine learning and those kind of things that we can now use to build better disease detection models with more integrated data that learns from itself and the idea is that uh, manufacturers can then incorporate these more advanced models into their systems and uh, producers are going to be able to pick up these cows a lot earlier and intervene at a lot earlier time points. Yeah, it's, it's certainly exciting times with this technology that uh, is going to aid our abilities to make sustainable, productive milk. And I think some of those points that you highlighted um, likely came from the work you did with uh, Dr. King and the work on detecting subclinal ketosis, et cetera, with robots. Morning. If you could expand a bit more specifically to ketosis and, and what you learned from using those technologies in automatic milking systems. Yeah, and, and, and so again, in, in that research, we were specifically yeah, interested in not only detecting ketosis 
in in uh, cows milked in automated milking systems, but also trying to identify, say, risk factors for that. And and yeah. that actually was spurned by some previous work that was done uh, at here at the University of Guelph, where by we showed that based on milk ketone data, there was actually higher prevalence of ketosis in AMS herds, uh, particularly in older cows, which are more at risk for ketosis. And so in follow-up work uh, on that by Dr. Megan King, my, my former PhD student, we identified some really important differences between AMS cows that get ketosis and those who don't. And, and specifically, we found that in, in those systems, it was our highest producing cows that were at highest risk, which is not necessarily um, uh, completely novel. But what we did find is that those cows weren't necessarily getting more concentrated at the robot in the first few weeks of lactation. And so that really highlighted for us the fact that we need to get sufficient energy into these cows in early lactation. And, and, and this may vary by production level. And so when designing feeding programs, uh, for example, for AMS milk cows, we need to keep that in mind and think about alternative, maybe sources of energy that's gonna get these cows off on the right foot and get them into lactation. The other thing that that work and, and that previous work has highlighted to us as well is that we see high rates of ketosis in automated milking system herds, which highlights the need to manage other things as well, uh, including, say, dry cow nutrition and, and management of body condition, which we know is a, a huge factor. And so not only during the dry period through good feeding management, but also leading up to the the dry period so late lactation feeding management milking management in those cows becomes even more important so that we get those cows into the dry period in optimal condition and, and then we can maintain them there so that they do calve in and, and have kind of optimal success when they do calve in in the next lactation so bringing it all together and suggestions uh, to those industry influencers, nutritionists, veterinarians, and dairy producers, for that matter, that are working with automatic milking systems related to cow behavior and, and health interactions, what would be some of the key take-homes message that you'd like to share with them? Well, I, I guess one of the greatest opportunities that with automated milking systems is the fact that we have a lot more information. Uh, specifically data. And now that can be daunting, but at the same time, we can use that data. We can use it for uh, individual cow management, which a lot of things have been sold on. But also, I think there's huge opportunity from a herd level management perspective. When we see behavior at a herd level change in response to nutrition, to management, we can use that to inform our management decisions on farm. And so I would encourage that those working with these systems take advantage of that data, not only, like I said, at the cow level, but, but at the herd level as well. One of the things I, I think the cautions is that we don't lose sight uh, on the fact that the basic principles of feeding management and housing are still the same as for our conventionally milked herds. And, and so with that, we have great opportunity to, to manage these systems, not only to optimize cow health and production, but at the same time, optimize producer profitability and quality of life, which is something that is highly valued by those that have adopted this technology and, and will continue to play a, a significant role in the decision-making process around the adoption of this technology. Yeah, you're absolutely right, bang on. Hey, Trevor, I wanna thank you again for your time today. Um, I'm sure a lot of people, the audience have gained insights into what 
they can be doing, what they should be doing when they're working with or have uh, robotic milking systems, as well as the, the technology that goes around it to determine challenges that might be coming and just taking the time to look at the data. So thank you very much for that. Thank you. And I want to surely thank the audience for listening to us today. So you won't miss our next episode of Rumination. Check us out at jeffo.com or find us on Apple and Google Podcasts, as well as Spotify. This podcast is brought to you by Jeffo Nutrition, precision nutrition solutions for a growing world. 